morning and welcome to another episode of Navigating Life with Coach Low. Today we have an amazing woman of God. Elvira Wilds is with us. She is a daughter of promise on the book, The Promise Women's Devotional with me. And I have invited her onto the show to share a little bit about her story and, uh, and all that God has done uh, in her life and through her for his glory. Uh, Elvira, share a little bit uh, with the audience about who you are and where you come from, and then we'll deep dive into what's really going on. <laughs> the real story behind the great Elvira Wilds, right? Amen. Amen. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on and allowing me to come on and share my story. Um, I come from a big family. I have eight sisters and brothers, and we all lived in New Jersey, and then we migrated all to California. And I stayed out there for about, about 20 years, and then I migrated back to the East Coast, and that's where I'm now living with my husband. We've raised um, a combination of eight children, his, mine, and ours, and plus a niece, two nieces, actually. And now we are empty nesters. Um, I just had my last niece um, go into her apartment probably about two weeks ago, and that's um, my sister's uh, daughter which my sister passed away about a year and a half ago. And I took on the responsibilities of caring for her handicapped daughter. And um, I've been married now for close to 29 years. Um, I'm active in ministry, uh, minister, ordained minister right now, and um, elevating to elder at this time. I'm in training for that. And um, just trying to live life and love the Lord and do what I can um, to walk this journey. Praise the Lord. That is just so awesome. Uh, wow. So you have done a lot. You've been busy over there. 29 years of marriage. Congratulations. That is Thank just, you. that is so awesome. Marriage is not an easy thing, but it is worth mm. the work. It is worth it all. So I am so grateful yeah. to hear that you have, um, that God has blessed you in that regard and uh, that things are going well. You look amazing. So I'm just well, like, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's, I'm telling you, being married for that long, I would have never thought that I would be married this long because this is my second marriage and I'm married to a younger man. All right. And, um, yes, yes. I was, I guess back then you call it a cougar. All so, right. <laughs> so but that goes to show you that, hey, even though he was a, he's a younger man, he's been taking good care of mama. All right. You better get it, mama. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, okay. So, um, we have your, we have your story in the, the, the promise devotional. Have y'all yes. yet? 
if you haven't got your copy, you better get it. <laughs> yes. So it really is. Um, but your promise is called the pain of the promise. I was just like, whoa, Jesus. So help uh, the audience to come into a greater understanding of what the pain of the promise is, if you don't mind sharing the backstory of the story that you shared in the book to add a little bit more context to what you were able to present in the book, a little bit more details. Okay, um, my story comes from um, the pain of the promise. I've had two back surgeries and my last back surgery um, the nerves, the scar tissue grew over the nerves. So that caused me to have even more pain. And last year in 2019, um, I went to Israel. Now, when we went to Israel, there was a lot of walking, a lot of movement, and I couldn't do a lot of it. So I kind of missed out on a lot of things over in Israel. But I was determined that when I went over there, I was determined that the Lord was going to heal me. And I thought he would. But the pain was so excruciating, it literally changed my life to the point where I can barely get out of bed. I can barely move around. I had to take um, lots of pain medication that didn't do any good. Uh, the pain still broke forth. But I was... It was so bad to the point where it started messing with my psyche. And when you're in that much pain every single day, 24-7, you want a way out. And I have been in ministry for over 30 years. I was raised in the church. So I knew about God and I knew about Jesus and I knew about the Holy Spirit. I knew about the healing and, and the miracles and, and all those things. but I felt that wasn't happening for me. Mm -hmm. So when I went over to Israel, I just knew that that was going to be my story when I came back to the United States. I went over there and I just kind of went through the tours and some of them I missed. I couldn't go to the well and wall, too much walking. I couldn't go a lot of places, but I did get baptized in the Jordan River. Awesome. And I said, surely when I get dipped in this water, that I was going to leave all my pain and stress behind in this water. And the amazing thing about the Jordan River is that it's muddy mm -hmm. and it has a smell to it. But when you go down in the water, it's so refreshing, like you got dipped in crystal clear water. Wow. And when I came up, I was just thanking God and praising, like, surely I left my pain in that water. Well, I came up. And I still was in excruciating pain. And I came back to the United States. And on the way back, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. So I began to say, okay, Lord, what's going on? Um, is it my faith? What is going on with my faith? The reason why you won't heal me? Because I believe your word. And you said by your stripes, I am healed. And I believe what you said, and I stand on your word. But that wasn't my story. 
I thought the Lord was going to do it the way that I thought that he was going to do it. I had my own plans on how I wanted to be healed. Yeah. And we all know that God is God and he's going to do it the way he wants to do it and in his own time. So I proceeded to um, this one particular night, my husband and a couple of the other um, ministers and elders went out to tour the town of Jerusalem and I couldn't go. Mm -hmm. I was in so much pain. I said, I'll just stay back because I didn't want to hinder my husband. He wanted to go and I didn't want him to stay behind with me. And I got so depressed and so overwhelmed because I said, surely this is the town that Jesus does and did miracles. It's recorded in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Many people was healed. Many people were set free. So what was the difference between me and those people? So Nothing. Myra, I would like to just interject right here because you said a mouthful already. So when I'm listening to you, I'm hearing you say, I am a woman of faith. So yes. why are, what, what is going on? What is happening where your promises are concerned that you are not meeting me at the point of my need? And you were just talking about the weight. You know, why is God not doing it? You know, I went in this water and I just knew that I was going to leave it behind. And when I think about that, I think about so many in the faith um, yeah. that, that questions, okay, God, why me? God, why did you take my loved one? God, why is my health not restored? God, why, 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 right? And so we always want to know why. But then again, to your point, is God's way, God's timing. And I think that the setup is so significant that although you had a dark experience, God set you up to spend that time alone with him in that place yes. called Israel, Jerusalem. You were there yes. and God yes. met you there, not the way you wanted him to, or the way that you had uh, kind of pulled together in your mind, but he met you there. So tell us more. So when I went back to my room, I fell on my knees and I just began to cry uncontrollably because I knew, I knew that he wanted to heal me, but what I, what was I doing to maybe uh, keep that from happening? Was my faith not up to par? Was I not in my word? Was I not praying and fasting and all those things that they tell us that we're supposed to do? But what kept ringing in my spirit was, he said, by my stripes, you are healed. So I began to look for worship music and to usher me in the presence of the Lord. And um, I did that and I found some um, music that soothed my soul. And I began to uh, pray and cry out to God. And he just spoke to me and said that you are not denied. It may be delayed, but it is not denied. Now being we know being delayed, it eventually come. And we know being denied means, as my friend to say, when you say maybe say yes, but not now. Mm -hmm. So 
I began to just pray and, and talk to God about it. And he told me to take a hot bath, put some anointing oil in it, and just rest and relax. And that's what I did. And that, for the rest of that night, I just cried out to him and I just prayed and I just began to repent because I was questioning my faith. And I always used to say, I would never ask God why. Why me? Because the questions and the answers always, why not me? What right. makes me so different that I couldn't go through this journey? What was I, what was so different about me that the Lord couldn't use me in my pain, in my suffering? Because in spite of all my pain and suffering, I was still able to reach out and I cared for my 90-something-year-old mother. Um, I cared for my husband um, that had a stroke. I've cared for my niece. I've cared for everyone else except for me. Yeah. I put everybody out in front. You know, as women, that's what we do. We're nurturers. We want to nurture everyone else and put ourselves on the back burner. So even in all of that, I came back to the United States and I was sitting in the airport in New York uh, waiting for our flight back to Richmond, Virginia. And I was so heartbroken and overwhelmed. And I was like, surely everybody else like they were happy. They just glad that they made that journey and they got something out of it. I like, Lord, I can't even say what I got out of this journey. Mm -hmm. I could not say. And I just was still heavy laden and I put on this smile and just cheerfulness. Hey, you know, Israel was great and we did this and we did that. We got some good souvenirs and, you know, we witnessed some beautiful things that, you know, the Bible came alive. But then when I got on that flight uh, from New York going to Richmond, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And he said, though you did not get healed, physically as you were expected I healed you through your soul wounds and I couldn't understand what he meant by that and I, so I kept praying and said well Lord what do you mean by that he said I healed your soul wounds and we know that soul wounds for those of you that don't know that soul wounds they're pretty much uh rejection abandonment humiliation, betrayal, and injustice. And all those things happened in my life, but I buried them. I buried them so deep and it was traumatic to my soul. So, but I chose so let's So let's go there. So when you talk about, because I believe that there, is, there are people who, will, who are listening who wants to know okay so what did that look like in the life of miss elvira so when you talk about the rejection when you talk about the injustice when you talk about um the abandonment what what did those things look like in your life if you could just share a couple of things you don't have to share each one that you named but help us to understand bring us into the reality of what it is that you were dealing with well it, i can remember back when i was a child um growing up in uh all my sisters and brothers i was either too young for the older ones 
or I was too old for the young one. So I was in the middle. So a lot of times I veered off by myself. And my brothers used to say that I was going to be a bag lady when I grew up. And that stayed with me for a long time. Wow. And that was one of my first traumatic wounds that I remembered because it's still with me today. And I'm 65 years old. Wow. And the other thing was when I was going to middle school, I was rejected by friends that I thought was friends. And they told me also I was going to be nothing but a bump. And those things, they stuck with me. And every now and then the enemy would bring those things up to remind me who they say that I wasn't. And those are the things that continue to haunt my spirit, to haunt my soul, because they were traumatic to me. And it was rejection. And then when I was in relationships, um, it seems like um, the breakup was always the men would leave. So I always felt abandoned. So I would take those things and I would hold them close and I would put a wall around me to make sure that that did not happen again. And I put up this force field, like no one's going to hurt me like that again. And those were traumatic to me. And those, they overflowed into my relationships, whether it was with regular female friends, boyfriends, husbands, family members. It all came from those soul wounds. And those soul wounds are traumatic to you that they come over and they spill over into your adulthood if they're, if they're not dealt with. But if you don't know they're there, you don't know why you're behaving in the way that you're behaving. Yeah, so um, I, I heard something as you were saying, you know, even mm-hmm. when we are children, we have this little saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lie that I have ever yeah. heard because to hear you say that here is my experience at this age and now mm-hmm. I'm 65 years old and those things still ring true in my head sometime and I am questioning mm-hmm. me. That yeah. is such a powerful statement because I believe that there are so many that still struggle. I call them childhood wounds. So as a yeah. coach, I, I help people to deep dive those things because your past does matter. Your past matters so that you yeah. can be freed from it and not be in bondage to it, right? So I am just, right. oh, so how did you, okay, so God delivered you in that moment from this bondage of your soul and he set you free, but how what what else happened was there anything else did you ever get any counsel did you ever get any coaching about how to change the way you think or how to change uh the way that you expressed yourself what 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 else was in place or was this just a miraculous thing that god did so there actually was something a miracle did happen in israel for miss elvira well, that's just it. The miracle did happen in Israel for Miss Elvira. It did because um, in the, 
even in the midst of all that, um, I really didn't get deep into those things until probably about three years ago when I lost my brother um, in a car accident. And then two years later, I lost my sister. So those were also inflicted wounds that I didn't know how to deal with. I didn't know how to cope. I didn't know where to put those feelings. I didn't know how I was supposed to feel because as a child of God, they tell us that, you know, being absent from the body is to be with the Lord. Well, and then it also says that, uh, oh, death, where is your sting? Well, I was being stung over and over again. And that's when I reached out and sought counseling. Because I didn't know how to deal with those feelings. And when I began to open up and, and, and talk about those things um, through the, the counseling and the, the coaching of uh, the, uh, the individuals that I went to counseling to see, they helped me see a lot of things. They helped me to see uh, inside of myself. Because when you're hurting, you want to avoid that hurt as much as possible. Because yeah. it doesn't feel good. It doesn't right. feel good. And so I had to go back and search out the scriptures and say, God, what do you really mean when you're talking about, oh, death, where is your sting? You know, we talk about, we can look at um, Psalms 23, where David talks about being restored. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't broken or if he wasn't going through, he wouldn't ask to be restored. Exactly. You know, so... So David explains it, you know, very well, you know, know, restore me back to my right place in you. Mm -hmm. And that has been my prayer is to um, be restored back to my right standing um, with the Lord. Even though I go through the things that I go through, I have to look in there and see where my, um, the good seeds I have sown. And to stop and look around and see the abundance that he has given me through my trials and my tribulation and my pain and my hurt and my wounds. Because he said, I bind up the wound of the brokenhearted. So I had to accept that and receive from him his healing, his binding up. I had to receive that, open up to receive that from him. Because sometimes when you get so bogged down with hurt and pain, there's no room to open up to receive anything because you want to be in that place because it becomes a constant friend. Right. So I, I wanted to bring this point up because it was interesting as you were talking through your story in the book, you mentioned, you said, I was having a pity party. I blew up all the balloons and I sent invitations to doubt and fear, the negativity yeah. twins. And and that just really stuck with me. I said, oh my God, how many people can relate to this, right? But then as you go down, you talk about how the uh, Holy Spirit helped you to see who the real VIPs of this party was. And it was not doubt and fear, but it was the grace and mercy of God. Those two twins. That, yes, ma'am. that God would use to bring you out of this dark place. And I just thought yeah. that that was just, you You just said it so eloquently. I love the, the, the party, the picture that I got in my mind <laughs> when you talked about this party. And I'm like, oh my God. 
Oh, yeah, girl. We was up at that room partying that night, honey. Them fears, doubt, and all their buddies came, and they were like, yeah, we get ready to get it started. We get ready to turn it up in here. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, hold up, wait a minute. Now you threw blowing up your balloons and sent out the invitation? Now let me tell you who the real VIPs are. Yeah. And that's when he reminded me of who I am and who whose I am and what my destiny and what my uh, uh, future looks like. And it did not include fear and doubt, nor their friends. Sweet, 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 sweet. So another thing that you talked about in the book, you talked about how you, uh, you were in this dark place. And often as, as believers, people don't want to believe that one who trusts God, one who serves the Lord, one who believes effectually in the, the healing power, the restoration, the ability to do all things in Christ, right? So we, on one hand, have that, but even our adversary is real. So yeah. when, when the challenges come and darkness sets in on us, we must be careful for what we allow in. And you talked about how you had thoughts about taking your life because that was going to be your way out. And that, that really just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because I was just like, oh my God, what kind of pain could this be that would take her to that space? And I would like for you to just really share in that, I mean, from the position of A, being a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the reality that there are times in life where real life circumstances can bring us to a place and a deep hurt and pain where you do feel like, is it just better? for me to be with the Lord rather than go through this thing that I'm experiencing. We're not just talking about the back pain, but we're talking about you have a whole backstory of childhood wounds and things that relationships that you've walked through where a rejection and abandonment were present even there. You know, different yeah. relationships and friendships that did not pan out what they originally promised. So bring mm -hmm. us into an understanding of what that experience was like being who you are. Well, um, being in that much pain constantly, every day, day in and day out, you get no rest from it. It, as I said earlier, it messes with your psyche. Um, I, I am a minister and I minister to people. And in the midst of my pain, I had to minister to people. And wow. the thing about it is, is that even though you're a minister, elder, pastor, bishop, whatever your, your calling is, it does not uh, separate you from your physical body and your emotions. Your humanity. And your spirit. Yes, your humanity. 
and you ex you still experience those things. And in the midst of my pain, I was experiencing all those things. I was experiencing the the loss of family, the loss of um, my ability to to do things that I love to do, my ability to go places with my husband, ability to uh, enjoy my grandchildren, to go on vacation and have fun, just simple everyday life fun. And it was a dark place for me because it was almost like um, being in a dark cave. Actually, that was my original title, uh, coming out of the cave uh, experience. Wow. And um, so when you're in that place of being um, looked upon to minister to everybody else, you sometimes forget to minister to your own self. Yeah. And you forget to speak life into your own self. Um, being in that much pain, uh, it was the physical pain, it was the emotional pain, and it was the mental pain. With all those things going on, you can't see your way out because it's so dark. You don't think that you're ever going to be uh, set free. You take medication, um, hoping that that's gonna, you know, do the trick. And when it doesn't do the trick, then you become just desperate. You become emotionally unbalanced. You become frazzled, frustrated, irritated, agitated. All those taters thing you become yeah and it's hard to function daily it's hard to function daily and i'm a happy-go-lucky person i love to talk i love to love to laugh i love to joke around i just love life but when that was being taken from me i said okay god i don't want to do this anymore you said in your word and i had to remind him of what he said constantly it wasn't to remind him what he said, but it was to remind me of what he said. Of his promises, and right? Of his promises. And his promises is what? Yes and amen. And amen. 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, God, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Lord? Here I am. It's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. What do I do? Well, sometimes you hear from the Lord, sometimes you don't. Sometimes he's quiet, he's silent, and you have to go on what you think that you know mm -hmm. and what you think that you understand. But see, even in the midst of that, I was talking about taking my own life because I was so full of frustration. I was so full of pain. I didn't want to live anymore because if I had to go through life like this, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I wasn't living abundant. I thought that I wasn't living an abundant life. Mm -hmm. And you know, the enemy comes in and he magnifies all those doubts. He magnifies all those things that you already have in your pity party and you're blowing up the balloons and fear and doubt is coming to conversate with you and say, yeah, that's right. You're not there. Yeah, that's right. He's not going to do it. Yeah, that's right. That'll never happen. And you continue to blow up those balloons and you continue to send out those invitations. But then when you have your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lets you get all those things out and then he'll come in and he'll say, 
Okay, now that you've done all this, now let's do this. Let's bring you back to your original love, your first love. Yes. And when you begin to remember the things that he's brought you out of, when you begin to remember those things that he's rescued you from, he delivered you from, when you begin to think on those things, you know, the word of God tells us, think on those things that are good and lovely of good rapport. When yeah. you begin to think on those things, then you can see the ray of light coming in. You can see the ray of light so you can be guided out of that dark cave, that you'll be able to be guided out into that darkness, into the marvelous light. Yeah. If you're willing, if you're willing. But sometimes those, those dark places get so comfortable for us and we get so used to those things and we stay there a lot longer than we should. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was at. I stayed there a lot longer than I should. I knew what the word of God says. I knew people had prayed for me. People have, have uh, I went to deliverance service. I went to all those things. And my husband used to say, well, you know, why don't you just pray? And I, I said, I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been reading. Mm -hmm. But it still did not take effect. But I knew somewhere in the course of that, that God was using this pain to still be able to minister to others. I still uh, was able to give. I was still able to uh, uh, help others. I still was able to care for others. I still was able to do ministry, even in the midst of my pain, even in the midst of it. And out of that, I believe this is where I landed in Daughters of Promise because he had made a promise to me years ago back in 2000, 2001, mm -hmm. and he had already given me the name, the daughter of promise, but I sat on it, and 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 I sat on it. And here this comes after all my ordeals over in Israel, back to America, back to my regular life, and he dropped this. And that's when I began, I believe that's when I began to receive my full healing because now I'm walking out what he had given me so many years ago. Perfect, and even in the right? midst of my pain. Yes, perfect as he is, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I I love it. I love it. I love it because I I just believe that people have these life experiences and you don't know what to do with them. You don't know so I heard you saying that I had done everything that I could. You know, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've done the 10 steps to being healed. You know, I've done my part, but now it is the waiting. And so I always think about the waiting process. Me personally, I think that all of humanity, if we are honest with ourselves, we can be quite impatient when we are really yes. looking for a move of God on our behalf. And so mm -hmm. for me, I can be very impatient at times. And there are times where I feel like the Lord is saying, okay, are you going to wait on me in, and be impatient? Or are you going to wait on me with confident expectation? that I am going to do what I said I would do on behalf of my babies. 
We are his children. We are daughters of promise. We are sons of promise. No matter what the circumstances look like down here, you know, so God is just so good. He is just so good. And I am, for, for God to give you daughters of promise 19 years ago, and for God to give it to someone else 19 years later, and you still get to be a part of God's plan, that's, mm-hmm. that's beautiful right there. That's God's Amen. plan. That is filled with purpose. I don't even know. I mean, I don't know a better way to say it, but that is just so, so very amazing to me. And I am so, I didn't even know that piece of it. So I'm so glad that you got to share that because that just gives me just such hope and, you know, encouragement to know that, okay, God said it then. And yeah, you may have been a little slow to move into the Mm -hmm. space that I have for you, but it was still for you. It was still for you. And he did not pass you by. He still allowed you to be a part of the promise. And so that is just so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That is, that just really just, (laughs) that's exciting to me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. It's, it's It's just been a blessing to be a part of this um, uh, movement because it is a movement because I began to read uh, other women's stories and it's just just phenomenal and it's just a mighty move of God and you know what came to my mind when I started reading these different uh, uh, testimonies these stories it a song came to my mind uh, Chaka Khan when she sung the song I'm every woman Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you can find every woman in this book and every woman has something to relate to yes. in this book. And it's so power packed that for those of you that have not gotten this book, please, please, please do yourself a favor because we've all find ourselves in different journeys, different seasons. And when you listen and you read about the different women that went through their seasons, that went through their journey, we're still here. Yeah. God still kept us. God still loves us. He are still designing us. He is still uh, uh, bringing forth the beautiful diamonds that we are. And we have, a diamond have many facets. Yes. And in that you will find your hue, your color, your your diamond cut, whether it's princess, whether it's oval, whether it's teardrop, you're a diamond. You're a diamond. Don't ever forget that. And the thing about diamonds is that they are in the center of the earth, so they're well kept and hidden until they are chiseled away and brought forth. But when they're brought forth, you can't really see what that diamond is going to be like until they chisel it and chisel it and they form it. And that's how we feel sometimes as women going through life, going through this journey, we're being chiseled and chiseled and chiseled. And chiseled. But the bottom line is that when the finished product, you're gonna shine so brilliant with all the different facets of a diamond until you're gonna look back and say, 
look where I came from and look where I am right now. I'm shining and I'm sparkling. You know, you put your diamond up to the light and this is sparkles, all kinds of beautiful colors. And that's who we are as daughters of the most high God. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. We have a promise that God said that, listen, even when we look at the book of Numbers in Joshua, you talk about the five daughters that spoke up and said, yes, my father had no sons, but we are his daughters. So that inheritance should come to us. And back in those days, we know that that culture was not for a woman to speak up. She just stayed by her tent and kept quiet. But these, these daughters, they spoke boldly and they came before Moses and the whole assembly of Israel. And they began to talk about what they knew, what their culture was, that they were well-educated, they were well-informed, and they were able to come before Moses. And Moses took their case before God. Yeah. And God said, hmm, they are absolutely right, Moses. So let's make a, 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 a amendment to this law yeah. to make sure that these daughters and every daughter after that are a part of the inheritance that is due to them. Praise the Lord. That is just, that is so, that is so real. And I, I love that story because um, to step out in that day and time as a woman, that mm -hmm. wasn't your place. Yeah. But to no. be bold enough and to trust God that you know what, mm -hmm. it is our time. And I feel like mm -hmm. in the midst of the pandemic, with this promised devotional, in the midst of all yes. chaos, it didn't seem like it was the right thing to do, but God chose 130 women authors to come before the world. We, these, it's four countries, 17 states within the U.S. Only God in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So sometimes mm. we talk about God's timing, right? So that didn't right. seem right. These women being bold in this season, that didn't seem right. But we have been bold in this season to stand before the world and share our stories to deliver other people. And I, you know, we yeah. talked about this, that this book is not just for women, but it is for men. Mm -hmm to give men some insight of the things that their women have faced, the traumas, the crises, but the overcoming, the victories in spite of, right? And so God is just good like that. He is so amazing. So Elvira, what I would like for you to do is to just speak to the person that may find themselves in the space that you were in and share some insight on how you got to where you are and how they too can come through whatever the trauma is, whatever the crisis is, whatever the challenges are that they are currently facing. What would you say to them to encourage them in this time? I would say, first of all, to God be the glory. And even though we go through, God has designed us to be able to go through and to carry whatever burdens we find ourselves in. Um, 
for us, it may be a burden, but to God is to bring him glory out of it. And even though we're in a place sometimes when it seems like we're by ourselves, we're struggling, we don't know which way to turn, we don't know how to go this way or to go that way. We have to continue to trust God no matter what. Sometimes it's very hard to trust something that you don't see. Yeah. But that's where, but that's where you have to have that, that faith and that's where you have to have that belief because you have to believe that you have faith. You have to believe that God is with you and he said that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes I felt that I was forsaken. Sometimes I felt that God didn't hear me. Sometimes I felt that I could not go another step. But God, yes. he continues to move in my life. He continues to set me free. He continues to remind me who I am. Because sometimes what we do is we'll put more focus on the problem than we put the focus on our Heavenly Father. He wants nothing but the best for us. We may go through pain, but he uses that pain to bring us to a healthier relationship with him. He's trying to pull something out of us that shouldn't have been there in the first place, but it'll wind up there some kind of way throughout our life, throughout the wounds, throughout the hurts, throughout the struggles. Those things, they happen. Life happens. And the enemy is right there amplifying every wrong move you make, every wrong thought you thought, every wrong word that came out of your mouth. He's there to amplify everything and to make you an accuser of the brother because that's what he does. He is a father of lies. And we get to that place where we get so vulnerable and we get so weak until we begin to believe those lies. And we begin to believe what he said is the absolute truth which it is not, and it would never be the absolute truth if it's coming from the enemy. We have to begin to search the scriptures and begin to read them and to not just read them, but to take them in, to breathe them in, to get them down in our heart, to get them down in our spirit, to get them down in our soul, to think on them daily, to meditate on them daily, because life does happen. We are human. We go through life. And sometimes life becomes so unbearable that we do want to leave this earth. And that was my story. I wanted to leave this earth. But because I knew the Holy Spirit, because he, I know that God loves me, I knew that that was not his will for my life. Mm -hmm. See, the thing is, is that you were created to be with him. If he did not want you to be with him, you would have never been created. You would have been out in a bliss somewhere, not having a body, mind, soul, or spirit. But he created you because he has a purpose for you. There's purpose in you. There's purpose in you. But you have to know that you 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 know that there's a purpose in you. And God is not going to allow you to leave this earth until you fulfill that purpose. So be encouraged on today to know that no matter what, trust God. He is our father. He is a good, good father. He loves us, even when we don't love ourselves. And many a times, I didn't love myself. Mm -hmm. But because of who he is and who he is in me, 
I know that it is his will for me to live a full and abundant life. And that is your story as well, to live a full and abundant life. Because Christ said, I came to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. So he died on the cross that we will live a life more abundantly. Not with, we will struggle, we will go through. Yes, those are all the things that we go through because that's a part of growth. We have to go through those things in order to grow. It's almost like taking a, a clay. You know, when you're making a bowl of clay, you got it on the potter's wheel and you're shaping and you're molding and it looks kind of lopsided and weird and got all the air bubbles in there. But then once you put it in the oven and it, it fires that so many degrees to make that pot strong, we don't like that fire. We don't like being in, in that dark oven. Yeah. But when we come out, we come out like fine china beautiful put on display so the world can see God's beautiful diamonds so God can see the beautiful display of what he created because what he created is good you are good you are worth it you are worth living you're like the diamonds that's behind a vault you're not a bullet of M&M that someone can walk by just take a handful there's no value you are a diamond you are a diamond and know that no matter what no matter what you're going through, trust God. It may not look right. It may not look how it's supposed to look, but God knows our beginning and he knows our end. So be encouraged on today to know that God got you. He have you in the palm of his hand and can't nobody pluck you out of his hand. So be encouraged on today and know that the Lord loves you and he knows about all your doings and all of your don't doings, but he still loves you in spite of it. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. That is that is just so powerful. Um, I so for uh, the person who hears your story and they would like to connect with you, is there an email or are you on social media? Will you please share those ways of contact with the audience? Yes, I'm definitely on Facebook. I'm on um, LV, Elvira Wiles. Um, I'm also, my email address is asaelvira91 at gmail.com. And I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the two places that you will find me on Facebook or on that email uh, at asaelvira91 at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Miss Elvira. I am so excited about what God is doing in your life and that he continues to heal you, that he is continuing yes. to use you to be a light to guide the lost, to guide the broken, to just help him to restore the earth, humanity. And yeah. so um, yeah. I thank you so much for sharing your story in this season and for coming on to share with Navigating Life with Coach Lowe. Thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate you. You are loved you. and you have a very, very, very good evening. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you invited me on and I really had a good time in talking to you and sharing. And I look forward to being more out front than I have in the past.
<laughs> Yay! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, mwah, take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. You take care. Have a blessed day now. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye.